Hey, this is Max with the Ronin System Podcast. Today, I got another special guest. It's uh, Sam. He's actually going to be starting a new podcast called uh, Growing Up Christian, right? That's that's the full name of the podcast? Yeah, that's correct. All right, Sam. Why don't you tell everyone about yourself? Yeah. Well, thanks for having me, man. It's good to, good to be course, with you. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I guess as the uh, name of my podcast is going to go, I uh, grew up Christian. Uh, but that's not uncommon, I guess, for this country. Yeah. Um, most people probably the majority of people grow up with some version of that. Uh, and if they didn't are exceptionally familiar with it, uh, through different varying traditions. But, uh, I grew up in the one that has made quite a name for itself over the past seven, eight years, um, deep in the throes of evangelicalism. Um, so that's kind of, that, it wasn't just something that I grew up in. Most kids, I, I would argue, uh, grow up in it and then kind of shed it in one way or another. Versions of it. Most people might claim, I mean, if you look at the statistics in the country, most people, um, there's still a good portion of Americans who would say they are Christian. Uh, but when you look at the way that it affects people or the way that they kind of go about their daily business, it's just like uh, it's something that they still claim, I don't know, whatever it is for them is fine. But um, it wasn't something that, you know, in high school, I, I shed like most kids and just, you know, did the party and whatever. I, I was, um, I found myself deeply committed to it until I was about uh, in my mid 20s, uh, when I started to have uh, some sort of awakening from it. <laughs> <laughs> you had like a different kind of enlightenment. So yeah. you actually, um you, you went to school for it, right? You, you studied for it? Yeah. So uh, I, after graduating high school, um, I went, well, I did a year of community college uh, because, so I was homeschooled um, okay. uh, up, I think it was third grade. Uh, yeah. Third grade, my parents pulled me out of a private Christian school uh, to homeschool us. And that was um, a large in large part due to the influence of the, you know, the Christian culture they were in. Um, there was a big, uh, I don't really know when it became a more popular position. Um, but the zeitgeist of the time was getting a good Christian education and that public school was essentially designed to pull kids away from the faith. Um, so, you know, part of that was, you know, we learned that in, as a homeschooler, that the earth was between six to 15,000 years old and everything was created in six literal days, just like the Bible says. So, you know, it gets, um, being ingrained with, um, I, I don't really want to, I feel like saying indoctrinated might be a bit unfair because I, I never felt a particular fear of uh, being ostracized for changing my mind or leaving. Um, but I was convinced that it was right. And I, I was worried about other people who defected. Uh, like my brother, for instance, became pretty uh, uninterested in it in high school. Uh, he wasn't overly vocal about it because the pressure that comes with being vocal about that, uh, you get a lot of people who pop up uh, trying to make sure that you don't leave or try to save your soul if they think you did, but, uh, not in a, um, uh, the way that would 
and not that no there's no excommunication in the group that i grew up in okay that's, that's for sure um but yeah so after you know getting all that for you know up through 12 up through my senior year of high school i uh doubled down and got a, a bible degree uh from liberty university which has also made a name for itself uh i mean over the past few years um particularly with its chance uh president jerry Fowell jr making some recent headlines with yeah sort of extramarital fun <laughs> yeah uh so like my biggest question is like obviously for bible study you study the bible right like you, yeah. you 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 read the text and you read the scripture but like is is there more to it like do you actually like study anything else like i guess like the the philosophical stuff or even like the quote-unquote science of it yeah so it's interesting no one really actually asks that and no one seems particularly interested they're just like oh that sounds like a waste and then they move on <laughs> um and largely it kind of was uh yeah you get um so for anyone who doesn't know which probably is some uh despite the name they've made for themselves liberty university is a uh, an evangelical, uh, very conservative evangelical college. Um, and when you go to places like this for uh, a degree, and this, I mean, you could say the same thing for just about any other Christian college that'll give you a Bible degree, unless you're going to like Harvard, uh, where you could get a, a degree in, I don't even know if it's like a Bible degree in Harvard, but like, you know, I had a friend who was getting a even a seminary degree from Harvard, and it, it was way, way different. Like, you're really, you you would get everything from all sides, uh, lots of different opinions, perspectives, uh, understanding. So, like, but when you go to a an evangelical college, especially as an undergrad, but even still, as a, a when you're continuing education, you are just told uh, what the correct things are. Uh, so I would take a systematic theology. I took systematic theology classes um, where they wrap everything up in a neat little box and tell you how start to finish the Bible teaches this or that about particular topics. Um, everyone takes, I took Greek for four years, ancient like Greek, because that's what the New Testament was written in. Uh, so at one point I could muddle my way through it in ancient Greek. I haven't looked at that since I graduated college. <laughs> um, but, it, and then you take a lot of classes on just books of the Bible, like the more like the bigger ones. Um, so I, and then like you would have uh, a, a class on like Daniel revelation. And those are like supposedly prophesying the end of times, according to Liberty university, you take a class on the gospels, you take, it's just, I mean, there's a bunch of electives and then you take classes on how to uh, read and interpret the Bible. And that's obviously very one-sided as well. Uh, there's a very particular way that they think you need to do that. Uh, and that's what you teach. And if you, if you come to your classes with different perspectives, more like a, a liberal academic approach, they'll, you just won't pass. Hmm. Interesting. So, I mean, the reason I asked is because like I've, never met anyone that's that's gone through anything like that and i find myself pretty curious about it you know especially like because these religious things like um i myself i wouldn't consider myself like 
religious, I guess. Mm-hmm. I am Buddhist, um, okay. and I do follow certain traditions, but they're really just um, tr- traditions. You know, that it's, it's yeah. more of like um, like I, I questioned everything about it from basically like as a teenager, like like in high school, because I would like we would go do these things for at the temple and like we would uh, celebrate these holidays and I'd have all these questions like, why are we doing this? Like, why, Mm -hmm. why are we going to the temple at, at midnight? You know, like, why are we going like every week and not really doing anything besides like lighting some can, uh, lighting some incense. Mm -hmm. And like the only answer was just cause, you know, like that was basically (laughs) it. Like we do it because we do it, you know? And it's, it never made sense to me until I actually looked at it myself and I realized like, okay, so we burned the incense to give like praise and blessings to our ancestors and, and so that they can bless us. And, you know, it's kind of like a trade-off thing. And like mm-hmm. we do these holidays, like Lunar New Year, we're celebrating the moon or like the like mid-autumn festival, we're celebrating okay. the harvest and things like that. So that's why I question really everything because, you know, a lot of people that I know, um, cause I, I, you know, I grew up in, in a pretty non-Christian world, I guess, you know, okay. not a lot of people. Again, I've never met anyone even close to, to the, to your background. That's funny. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so many people in my life, like I, there's like this camaraderie amongst me and people like me where it's like, it, it, if you meet someone who grew up evangelical, uh, you are, you're instantly friends. I, I, really? <laughs> I could meet someone who's like, I've, I could just meet them at a bar and if they grew up the way I did, you'll just, you have a good few hours of conversation. That's yeah. Just com- common history happen. kind of thing. Yeah. You, you it, can vibe with each other. Deal. Yeah. So like, yeah, I, I like asking about it because, you know, I, I do want to know why it's like that. You know, I want to know why, like how, how come, um, you know, Christianity is Christianity, you know, like all those different branches of it. And then, yeah. but they all have different ideas of basically the same concept of like why we're here and like what are we doing but then it's like it it's it's very um fanatical i guess would be a good a good term right to describe yeah, something in in some ways it's weird because uh you know honestly it's not it's not monolithic at all um really? no 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 it's um i mean so in in some ways there are there's a, obviously a, the standard like the through line through all of Christianity would be Jesus, um, and so as a evangelical you know the, your the the elevator pitch for evangelicalism is uh, Jesus is the Son of God, and they te- take that fairly literally, and but also not because you know they they don't think that. Uh, it's weird that God's very anthropomorphic in evangelicalism uh, as opposed to other traditions of Christianity uh, that are more uh, in a mystic sense uh, would not even be quick to define God or what it is. Um, it's more of an idea than a thing. Um, I don't know how familiar you are with even like Islam uh, in that you could find so I, this is usually what I would say is like, you can, you can have you like fundamentalist Islam or fundamentalist Christian, and they have a very like, there's a, usually a hard line, like set of beliefs. Um, and 
but then with it, like, each of those have a mystic tradition uh, where it's a lot more maybe philosophical um, than it is quote unquote theological, but it would, in those two traditions, even though they're different religions, probably have more in common with each other, the mystic traditions of those, than they would with their, uh, the, the tradition, like the, the religion that they participate in. You know what I mean? Um, it's more of a contemplative uh, understanding. Uh, it's, it's more contemplative uh, than it is about uh, maybe ritual, even though you might include the ritual because it, aids contemplation you know what i'm saying yeah so I, I guess it's like if you compared the two and like really all their branches it would kind of be like the concept is the same but then the practice is is the practice of the concept is different right or yeah the thought in of a lot of ways yeah and okay. then obviously the 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 guide that they're looking to so um you know christianity being jesus i mean i'm no expert on islam i know nothing about muhammad uh, other than what i've read in some history books um and that's just not i don't even i haven't given it a chance i don't drift i don't really feel the need to give i guess i never felt the need to give other things a, a chance because i it's not like i i don't know that i'd say that uh saying all roads lead to the top makes it sound like there's a top and i don't necessarily know that there is there's no and i don't think there's any end goal to to get to right. um so i still kind of like i still participate in a in uh the Christian faith in a strange way than in a much different way than I guess most people that I do, uh, that I know do. Um, I go to a church. Uh, one of my, my, a good friend of mine is the pastor of that church. I'm one of, I'm on, I get whatever, for lack of a better term, leadership in that church. Um, and I probably have very, f there's very few things uh, that I would I, I, you'd be hard to find a lot of things that I would agree with maybe the rest of the, the people who attend that church on. Um, and maybe if they had an idea of where I was, they would just ask that I am not in the position that I'm in, <laughs> I guess. Uh, but again, being a good friend with the pastor and, and we have a lot of, I don't know. He, he knows me well uh, yeah. and likes for me to be there and to keep the conversation going with him. Uh, mm. So, so um, you mentioned you kind of got a little bit disillusioned with it all. Uh, yeah. So it, explain to me that sort of uh, experience, like what, what actually like led up to it and, and sort of like, I guess, pushed it forward and, or like, just give, give me a rundown of like how yeah. it happened. It was a, it was a really slow process. I, and I think that's why I'm still, I still use the Christian tradition uh, as I, I, I graft myself to it, I guess, even though it's kind of embarrassing uh, in a lot of ways, because I, I, it, it's just, it's hard to reconcile it with the way that it looks for the most part. Uh, but it, the transition was so slow. It wasn't like so many people are just like, I don't know, they just stop caring one day. They're just like, I think this is a bunch of horseshit, and then they move on. Uh, and then a lot of people never really move on. They just are mad about it for the rest of their lives or they become like your, not to be too, uh, not to make any sweeping generalizations, but I don't know if you've ever been on Reddit atheism. And it's I try to stay away from it. <laughs> it's like uh, atheism is a perfectly legitimate standpoint. I have no, obviously I am just, 
it makes probably more sense than anything, but I just, the vitriol there is like, wow, you guys are mostly clearly ex-Christian and that you're just hurt by it. Uh, I feel like that's what I see a lot. Um, but for me, the, the progress, the progression out of it was so slow that um, I would start with a, a question here or there. And I guess the big question for me that it started with, and this is very true for most people like me, is you really start to wonder if there's a hell that everyone's going to go to that doesn't think just like you. And because that's really dark and it doesn't, as you progress and uh, as an adult and you become a thinking individual, hopefully, uh, unless you've really set up some pretty hard partitions in your life about where things belong, uh, you, it's hard to mesh that with uh, the understanding that there's a God out there that loves everybody. Uh, so once you start questioning how a God who's loving could send, <coughs> excuse me, anyone to hell, it just, it, it, that's kind of like the, the first brick to go. Yeah, um, yeah. After that, you get to things like genocide uh, in the Bible. There's a lot <laughs> yeah. of that. There's a lot of rape and murder. And you're just like, this is messed. Like it's. So then your understanding of what the purpose of the Bible is kind of has to start changing or it has to become meaningless. And I, I never felt like it became, it was meaningless. It's been meaningful to people for a long time. It's done a lot of bad uh, or people have used it to do a lot of bad. Um, but you know, the majority of the Bible is the same for both Christians and, and Jews, and Jews have been using it for a very long time. And if you look at the way that their tradition uses it, it's like they just extrapolate a lot of meaning in, from it, and they learn about themselves and about humans and how we've developed and how we've changed and grown. So, I, you know, there's a, there's a way to look at it like that. And then there's a way to be like, well, this is in the Bible. So this is what God wanted at that time, which is really problematic and does not hold up for people who are uh, critical thinkers, I think. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I guess, you know, you already answered this question, but like, you know, you, you said you you still attend church and you, you still hold some of the traditions, but um, really I want to ask like more personally, like your own faith, like, are you, are you still faithful of it? Or are you, are you, or are you just like fully shifted to like, uh, this stuff doesn't matter anymore? It, that's a good, yeah. I like that question. Uh, it matters. It matters to me. Um, it does, but how? Let me see. Uh, because the way that I see it practiced in large part, uh, maybe by people I know who are still deeply involved in the evangelical community, not that they're bad people. I mean, most of these people are good people. I, I, they're well-meaning individuals, but they don't look any different or any better or worse than anyone else I've ever met who isn't part of that tradition. Uh, maybe they don't uh, they don't drink or drink as much or they don't swear. Uh, there's a piety to their lives that I don't, I find uh, useless. I don't think that matters at all. Um, so like other, I, other people's Christianity doesn't matter to me. Let's put it that way. Um, because I don't want to go full blown into it's just a personal thing. Cause I, I, when I see it caught, 
I think what I'm interested in is the way that people live their lives and whatever, whatever you grasp at to be able to be, to function uh, better in society, I think is, is fine. And not just, I, I guess it's not even just about functioning better because everyone, I mean, you ask anyone in the street if they think they're a good person, everyone's going to say yes. Um, but what, when I see, um, when Christianity or anyone's faith matters, it's when it's, uh, I guess, propelling them to, to do something uh, more outside the norm uh, is when I start to be like, okay, that's, that's producing something in their lives that, um, and, and what, what they're grabbing from is giving them the strength to be able to do that. Um, you know, what I actually, I would be, uh, I'd regret it if I forgot to mention that a huge shift for me um, outside of contemporary evangelicalism is a, a guy named Shane Claiborne. Um, <clears throat> I, I read a book from him when I was in college. Uh, I'm, even the name of the book is slipping, uh, but I've read a few books from him and he was instrumental in kind of moving me out uh, because he... He's just one of those people that, are you familiar with Dorothy Day? Uh, not necessarily. Okay. Uh, she was like, it was like started the Catholic workers movement. And it was just like, it's kind of where like, a, a you know, people take a, a vow of poverty. She's a very, she pushed back hard against the, the Catholic church in her time. And, and, and just that false sense of piety. Like just that, hypocritical faith is what she kind of railed against. And, and she was, she just opened her home to anyone who needed it, anyone who wanted to live there. It kind of destroyed most of the relationships in her life because they got sick of her giving herself to everyone a hundred percent all the time. And, um, but I mean, or then you think of your mother, Teresa's who, you know, spend their, she spent, she commits her life to serving the diseased and dying in Calcutta. Um, and, but Shane Claiborne, he's from Pennsylvania, and uh, he, his trajectory into being a, um, a, I don't know, he's a pretty prophetic person, I guess, but um, he's an activist, uh, and he, his, his trajectory into it was, when he was in school, there was a, an abandoned church that homeless people were living in, but the church, because the way the Catholic hierarchy works, there was, um, I mean, it's still owned by the, by the the, however that works like it's the building is owned it was just abandoned um, they hadn't used it in so long so it was a bunch of homeless people living there and then you know that they found out and they wanted to evict them and Shane and his friends were like I don't know everything we've ever read about Jesus was that he he gave himself to the poor and alone uh, and that that's who he was that's who he was for um, so as Christians, it doesn't seem to make sense to kick homeless people out of a building that you're not using. You should just give them the building. And they, they and a bunch of other college students, um, you know, camped out in that building with them uh, and refused to leave until eventually the church kind of gave it over to them. And that group of friends kept, they, they kind of stayed together. And I'm sure people have shifted in and out, but they, they lived in the inner city of Pennsylvania and they just, you know, they still do their thing in Pennsylvania. They buy up old houses, uh, they repair them, and they give them to people. And 
uh, another big part of his work is, um, uh, you know, and trying to end executions uh, throughout the country because, you know, that to, for him, he goes, I just don't see, I don't, I don't see how executing people has anything to do with, with Jesus. So like he, he took that message and internalized it and is really creating a better world with it. And that fuels him. Uh, and I, so seeing that and, and seeing that he just, the guy just kept going. He never loses steam. He's been doing it for so long. And I see these other people who, who grapple, who grab from the Christian tradition and it gives them that strength and they never really lose that steam. And they kind of always bring it back to how they believe that their job in this world is to make it better uh, for everyone, not just for them or their family. Uh, but it, in making it better for other people usually means making it more difficult for yourself. I think that's a beautiful message and, and that's kind of what has stuck with me. And you don't need a Christian tradition to do that. Um, I, there are plenty of people doing it without it. Uh, but for me, I had just been part of it so long and the message that I think Jesus has resonates with me uh, and kind of gives me the ability or helps me see people um, as equals or see anyone as deserving uh, of help regardless of how much they've squandered it or how much they might not deserve it in an actual sense, you know? Yeah, I dig that, you know, because I mean, one of the things that kind of stuck with me when you uh, were talking was uh, saying that no matter who you ask on the street, they're going to say more than likely they're going to say they're a good person. Um, and I like to think that, you know, I like to think that I'm a good person. I like to think that um, if I was in a situation like uh, Shane, Shane, right? Yep. Yeah. If I was in a situation like him, I would probably do something similar. You know, I would mm -hmm. try and help them just because it would make sense. Um, but that's more to the, the human in me, I guess. Yeah. Is where, you know, it's, it's not about, you know, any sort of religion. It's not about any sort of, of, of God or gods or whatever. Um, it's just about, they need help and, and you should be helping them. Um, yeah. But there's also this other side of me where I do see, you know, cause there's a lot of homeless people here in Charlotte, North Carolina. Like there's literally like an entire section of the city. That's just a bunch of tents. Oh right. yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's just, it's like a miniature city in there because they'll have like, there'll be like fires going on, like, you know, for like their, their fire pits and their grills. Um, it's literally just a bunch of tents and a bunch of like little shanties, like, and like, I oh, see wow. that and it's just like, I, I don't know what to think of it because what exactly, like, why exactly are they there? You know, like, cause there's yeah. a lot of people um, here that are, they're just panhandlers. You know, they, they have a home, they have an ability to get a job. They have the needs that, that these homeless people actually need, but then they just, they, they don't want to do it. You know, they, they yeah. go in the corners, they panhandle. And then like, there's other ones that literally they're, they're sleeping in shopping carts in the streets. And it's just like, I don't know which way to think of it when I just see them in, in just walking around. Obviously if I see the guy in the shopping cart or if I see the guy in the tent, I know they're there because of bad times and I yeah. have, I, I can try and do something, but then like, it's hard because you can't, you can't just stop everything you're doing. Like you said earlier about, you know, trying to make it easier for everyone else. It's making it harder for yourself, you know? And, and, yep. and personally, I guess my own faith is, is um, 
because again, I, I wouldn't define myself as religious. I do. Mm-hmm. I am agnostic. You know, I don't know if there's a God or not. I don't know if there are gods or not, but I, I do believe there's a, some, something out there that's, you know, whether it be the physics of the, the universe that are guiding us or whatever, doesn't matter, but I do have faith and I have faith in, in people, I guess. So. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, it's funny because I find myself feeling more agnostic. Like, I just don't know. I, I think that's what the shift for me was. I, I don't, I don't have, you know, the, there was a time in my life, like in high school and in college, where I, I wanted to convince people that I was right and that they should think and believe the way that I do. Um, you know, and that's because that's what I was told to do. Like what you're supposed to do as an evangelical Christian is tell everybody about Jesus so you can save their souls. And I'm like, it, and I did that. And for some reason, I still had friends that there were people who wanted to stay friends with me that weren't Christians that I would try to tell that they tell them that they should be. And I like, I don't know why I, I still, I look at that now and I remember the conversations I would have with them. I'm like, I don't know why they stayed friends with me. That must've been annoying. Um, but I think what's funny is they liked me for who I was and were friends with me for who I was. And uh, I liked them for who they were too, but part of me always felt this like nagging obligation that I had to try to convert them. And that's a that's a stupid feeling to have when you're in high school. Like you can't just hang out with people. You can't just be with people. Um, and the irony of it is, I think, when you're looking at uh, the what what I believed or was told Christianity should produce in people and the way that. If, they would live and conduct themselves in the world is my friends uh who i was trying to save had a much more like christian life than i did uh in that <laughs> way and because they just cared about me for the sake of it and I, but to me that's kind of it like so i don't really know if i don't know if there's a god i don't really believe anything happens when you die like this isn't for anything anymore uh, i don't really think anything happens when you die i think there's a really at least i don't have any thoughts about it i don't I think it's pretty crazy that we exist here in this world. Um, when you look at how big it is and how small this little blue dot is in the grand scheme of the universe and ever expanding universe. And we're here like, that's insane. So like, if there's something else after this, then that's equally as insane. And it's not surprisingly insane. Um, but it, free, I've be, becoming free from that, of the expectation that, or the fear of something happening after you died or the, the motivational, motivational factor of like getting your ass into heaven is like when you lose that and you realize that I want it, like this matters to me because it, it matters to me here. So like if I'm going to uh, reflect on or read about uh, Jesus, which I mean, I, when you like all essentially what he did um it was challenge the religious system any anything any exclusionary religious system he he challenged from within i mean he was a rabbi he knew he knew the same book that all the religious leaders were using and at every possible turn his criticism was of religious leaders keeping people out because they acted different looked different smelled different like 
and his point was as like that's that's they've lost they've lost their way for keeping people out that there is no in or out everyone's just in um and that message really still i don't know it resonates with me a lot and i think that we live we just live in a really divided world um i don't really know that there's a remedy for it it doesn't look like it's getting better uh or it looks like it's going to get worse before it does but when i just think about how to how i guess how i want to be in this world or even what i've came come from when i come from evangelicalism and all i see now from the outside of it is like it's just another exclusionary system it's got these walls built up and it tells you how to think how to act what you need to look like mostly mostly white middle-aged families there's a couple of people my age with young kids that are still like part of the group but i just i mean it's a dying breed i think because people are losing interest in uh, in that uh, i don't know i think i hope people losing are losing interest in that that type of environment where it's just a, that group think mob mentality and yeah, I think what's funny about it is you go, you just, I mean, the church that I went to had a good few hundred people in it. And most people, when they come across something they would, that would, that they might disagree with, will be like, well, that's not what my pastor says. I'm like, well, what if, what if, have you, have you ever thought about it on your own? Have you thought this through in any way? Like, well, no, I mean, like that, that's why I go to church. I pay my church to, so this guy can tell me what to think. And it's like, that's, it's evangelicals are very concerned about their like Bible believing churches. We need to find a good church. Like when we, my family moved when I was 13 and we were like, that was the scramble. So now we got to find a new church and you got to find the right one that teaches the right things. Well, how do you know what the right things are? And they go and it's just the right things to them are, when it's said and it sounds right to them, then it's right. And if they hear something they don't like, then it's wrong and they leave and they find somewhere else. So really you're just paying someone to confirm your bias and not to stretch your mind or not to challenge you. Um, and I think that's even what's special about a lot of uh, the Jewish faith is like, you know, Christianity has 10,000 plus denominations. Judaism has three. And those three are functionally different, but within each one, there's a, there's thousands, there's probably 10,000 different opinions. And instead of starting a new tradition, every single time you disagree, they just keep wrapping them all up and, and arguing about it. And to me, that's the better way to be. And Christianity doesn't have that. They just have 10,000 different opinions and denominations and they all think they're right and the other people are wrong. And they're that small group of people that just, they, they nailed down the greatest concept in the universe and, and put it into a little box called God. And it worked and they, they get to tell it what to do and put a leash on it and control it. I just, I, that's what killed me as part of it. Of the idea that they, you can constrain something that big and uh, 10 points in a poem, you know? Yeah. That's actually, I, I didn't really know that about Judaism, that there was only um, three branches, I guess. But yeah, like, I, f I forget what they are. It's like, uh, I, I forget which, what they're, what they're actually called, but. <laughs> but yeah i mean it's it's literally like one of the oldest still existing uh religions and it seems crazy to me that but i guess it's also like the nature of it you know because i i never really 
felt that uh, Judaism or like Jewish people were fanatical. Um, yeah. Unlike, you know, like obviously here in the U.S., you have probably one of the most infamous fanatical radical groups as being the Westboro Baptist Church. Yeah. Which, you know, they're just spewing all this this hate when it's complete opposite of, of their own faith. Um, so it's, I guess that's like the hypocritical part, but then also with like something like Islam where, you know, you just turn on the news and you're going to hear about it. Like, yeah. So it's just, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's just so interesting because it also seems like both of those are actually branched off of Judaism. Is, is that correct? Do you know? Yes. Uh, yeah. They're all Abrahamic faiths. I mean, cause Islam will, um, they'll reference like they use the old, like the Jewish Bible. I mean, Christians use the Jewish Bible um, and the Christians and, and Muslims just added onto it with a few okay. more right. books. Um, so with, cause I was going to ask you about the, the um, 10 commandments. Is that Christian? Uh, it's kind of, I mean, it's okay. in, it's in, uh, it's in the old Testament. I mean, it's the, but it's Jewish, uh, but okay. Jews don't put the emphasis on the 10 commandments that, because Christians like, um, answers. There's a, I, I didn't coin this term. Um, I don't really know who did. I feel like it was, it was popularized by a guy named Peter Enns. He's a biblical scholar and, um, he, Christians have this thing called uh, that is referred to as certainty addiction. Um, they're not interested in uh, the questions as much as they are the answers. They just want every, it's like, I ask the question, I get the answer. Now they know the answer. I'm good. Uh, and it's like, you feel safe and, and cozy knowing that you've got, you don't have to think about it anymore and you can move on to the next thing, or you can just worry about whether or not you're going to, you know, get enough hours that week for work to support your family, whatever it is. Like, I think what it's doing in a lot of ways is taking the bigger questions and the things that cause maybe an additional level of turmoil for people and giving them an answer to that. So they can just move that off to the side and feel, feel good about getting through the week. Um, but they definitely need everything to have an answer. Um, and they like things wrapped up into the do's and don'ts. Uh, so, you know, if going to church, it's like there, there's a huge emphasis on, I guess it depends on where you go, uh, but there's a, what it looks like to be moral. Um, you know, you definitely can't swear. You definitely sh can't get drunk. Uh, but drinking is definitely, a, you, you can, some Christians do, and it's always a conversation about whether or not you should or shouldn't. Um, but getting drunk, they'll always harp on. The big one that you get when you're in high school is if you like absolutely under no circumstances, can you have sex before you're married? Um, there's a lot of just like moral code built into it. Uh, don't lie, don't cheat, don't steal, but the same ones that everybody gets in that sense. But um, the 10 commandments is just, I, I think, I think them getting, I think it just was popularized by Christians who wanted just 10 easy steps to being a good person. <laughs> and that's pretty much what it comes down to. I mean, so much of it's like real obvious stuff. It's like, uh, I mean, don't covet. Like, I, that's cool. Like, don't covet your neighbor's stuff, I guess. Like, that's fine. Yeah, but don't, build, also, don't be envious. Yeah. Uh, uh, isn't like, don't kill one of them. 
thou yeah. shalt not kill or something like that. Well, and the, and the irony is Christians love to debate anything that makes them have to question their natural incl- inclinations. So like you will have a pretty heavy debate within that circle about whether it's do not kill or do not murder because they're different. Because if you say do not kill, then you can't support the military uh, and military service because that it could be your job is to kill. Yeah. And so they try to delineate between those two uh, as opposed to, and there, I mean, I would argue that you're whoever wrote that is probably had some sort of delineation when you look at the amount of murder that was done and yeah. killing, <laughs> killing that was done. And during those times, it was a lot of killing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, I think, um, cause the, the reason I know some of the, the 10 commandments and also like, I guess like some of the history of like Christianity, Judaism is, um, God, did I learn this in high school? I think like even, even in a public school, we learned about it. It was weird. Like we learned about things like, because one of the things that really sort of took me away from, from getting into it, I guess, like I never had a situation where someone tried to, to convert me or anything, but one of the That's things so crazy, you said you're from South Carolina. So I, I moved here about three years ago. I'm actually okay. from, uh, yeah. Richmond, Virginia is, is, is a little different. It's more, um, hip hip that's still crazy that you lived in richmond and no one tried to like i mean you must have but that's so it's so ingrained in the culture there like there's like yeah you you see it like so you're you definitely like where uh i mean it was around you like it for sure was yeah yeah so you're you're familiar with it just by proximity a good bit then yeah and also like um yeah just learning about at school was the weirdest part you know because like it, it 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 didn't make sense, you know, because we we would be learning about science and, and the history of the universe, but then we'd be learning about like, oh, this is another way to think about it, and it's just like, okay, first of all, that doesn't make sense, you know, yeah. this side of it doesn't make any sense, um, and this this is more logical because there's actually like evidence, there's there's theories and hypotheses behind it, whereas this is just it happened and it happened. You know, yeah. it happened. That's oh how it happened. God. That's so wild. I can't believe they actually presented it. So my parents always, that was one of the reasons like I said, they pulled me out of school. They didn't want, they couldn't afford private school anymore. And they didn't want to send us to public school because I'm from Massachusetts. Um, and that's where I still live. Uh, and the only time I haven't lived here was my time in Lynchburg, Virginia, at Liberty. And um, that was like a, a big thing. for. Them. And I, I don't, like I said, I feel like that was I don't know when it be, I guess it's been a big issue for a while because ever since we started scientific discovery started realizing that this place is a lot older than maybe anyone thought. But, but what's so strange to me is like, there are countless Christians in Christian traditions that they have, they don't think that, the earth it was just made like real quick by a God <laughs> in a short period of time. And that it's not old. Like I would say most of them probably think it's millions, millions of years old. Like, so that's what's so wild is like even treating it as like another option or a possibility is like within Christianity, that's not even the way that people look at it entirely. It's just what was become. It's what's become popularized, but, I mean, if you look at the, uh, like even the, like 
so that story, that idea comes from the book of Genesis. Um, and the first few chapters of Genesis tell two opposing and conflicting creation stories. Really? Um, yeah, they're not, they just, they look different. They tell the order of events differently. Like they're just not the same story. And there's a reason for that because like, I mean, all the, almost the entire old Testament, um, was compiled by editors and redactors. Um, so when, especially the first five books, when they're putting them together, like, you know, all these stories existed as just tr as oral tradition. It was like, these are the stories we have. They're the stories of our people. They're the myths that we tell ourselves. And when they started putting it down to writing, whenever they came across two stories that were different, they didn't mesh them together and they didn't pick one over the other. They put both of them in side by side. And you'll see that throughout the entire Old Testament. You find it a lot in the story of like of uh, David, King David, because he's like the linchpin figure for them in the Old Testament. Like, um, and there, he was a very mythic figure. So like there's probably a dozen stories uh, during his, like in the writings about his life that have two it's like here's one narrative and then it goes and then tells you another one and then kind of jumps back into the overall narrative so there's a lot of conflicting stories so but and genesis starts out with that and if you compare it to other uh stories um of the time like i mean i don't know if you're familiar with it uh maybe some of your listeners are but it's often been compared to the gilgamesh epic um oh yeah yeah so like and there's, I mean, there's a through line through both stories that are very similar uh, in the way that it's like the world's created and then God floods the world and then God restarts the world. And then, so all these different other stories have like their version of a flood uh, that took everything out, which is probably reminiscent of a flood, a localized flood that actually happened. And then myth and story get created uh, based on that. Uh, but there's a lot of similarities between the stories and honestly, what, you see is the way that as faiths develop that they come up with um it's more about uh different understandings of what god's like than it is about telling a story that it happened um yeah i don't just don't think all those years ago people were sitting down being like and then this is they write that and it's like it's a myth it's a story it's a poem they're written like poems and it's not it's not about communicating something that happened that they knew nothing about because they think that like God zapped that information into their brain and they'll write it and 10, 20,000, uh, 10,000 years later, people can still learn about it. I don't know. It's just so, I think that's, to me, there's just a total lack of academic understanding of what the Bible is in Christian communities. Uh, but specifically the evangelical one, um, because if you tell them that and they just, they'll, they'll, they'll poo poo that and say, well, I don't, I don't, I just don't think it's like that. I think when I read it and it says that's the story, then I think that's what literally happened. And that's not a position that so many people in Christianity take that I, the fact that the conversation, I think Christians largely gave up on it, but it was popular when I was a kid was that that stuff should be taught in public school. It's ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, it, it's, because I really can't remember um, how much of it, because I remember we actually did try and read Gilgamesh, or we at least learned about it. Mm -hmm. but I, I don't think I ever read it because it, it, it felt too long. To yeah. <laughs> I still like read it. I, if I look at it, I'm like, this is weird. Like, it's so weird to try to read stuff yeah. like that. 
but um yeah like we we learned about martin luther in the L- lutheran uh church or religion yeah or whatever reformation that is. yeah reformation and like his uh oh you get over there yeah yeah just we're good <laughs> All right, his lights went out for anyone that, yeah you know, obviously that's what can't happens see it, when but... someone flips the switch upstairs in my house because they forget i'm doing stuff down here and my kids just turn the light off so <laughs> we'll record in the dark <laughs> all right no problem but um yeah like we learned about all this like protestantism and then like the the puritans um and um what's that guy's name cromwell John, cromwell John calvin yeah calvin, calvin calvin and we also learned about uh I don't, actually i don't even know if cromwell was a the uh the british guy from like way back in the day something something cromwell he was some he had something to do with like the witches or something that one's not ringing a bell for me <laughs> all right so like we learned about random shit like that and it was just yeah it never made sense to me like why we would learn that along with the more um you know science stuff yeah. which again like I, I'm not bashing on any of the the Christians out there that still hold these faiths or still hold these these ideas that the universe was created, or the world was created in like two two millennia or whatever it is. Yeah. But like, you have all this evidence, you have all this this these facts here, and it's yeah. like, why can you not believe both? You know, can and and that's really, I guess, the Christians in in my life, the people that I know that are you know religious or Christian or, or Muslim or whatever, they understand this, but then they still have faith in this. And I think that's really interesting dynamic there, you know? Yeah, I, man, I, I will. And maybe cause I'm an insider uh, it, or come from it. It's easier for me um, to say this and maybe you just want to be generous, but I'll harp on it a little bit more. Um, the, in regards to uh, when you believing one thing when you have all the facts lining up saying telling a completely different story i mean christians who think this way they have entire programs dedicated um to trying to explain why every bit of evidence that supports the idea that the earth is old is actually wrong um and that's what you know that's what i would get taught at at liberty university i had to take a creation studies class where i mean just if it's a multiple choice question about how old the earth is, if I say it's billions of years old, zero, you get a zero on that one. Like mm. that's not okay for an academic institution to be doing. They shouldn't have that as a class. I, I don't know if they still do or if they've made any changes to that, but um, I'll harp on it because that is the, that's the stuff you get when you're younger. And that's the foundation for disbelief in uh, academic authority uh, and there was a major distrust for me in, in most of my life in any authority outside of my Christian authority outside of church outside of uh, Christian writers but only if they said the things that I thought they should be saying or that reinforced my beliefs or came from a particular school of thought and man I just keep seeing that as like a more and more dangerous thing you know when when you're when the baseline for kids and and your establishment is that nothing can be trusted if it goes against the bible uh, or what we tell you the bible says that gives them way too much power to tell everybody what the like they're almost telling people what the bible says so like it just it is a problem and it took me a long time to up into my mid 
20s to regain, maybe even late 20s to regain a trust in, uh, in the, maybe the science. Like, of course, scientists are wrong. Like, that's the whole point of science. It's like just, it's building blocks and building blocks and, and it's a, moving in the right direction. And you, you might have to take a couple steps back sometimes and try again. But I mean, that's also how life works. So like, I just get real, I do get frustrated with um, an anti, it's very anti-academia and it, it keeps people from being able to be presented with new information and then change their minds, which is what you should be able to do as a, as an adult is I think this way, someone presents new information to me. maybe I should consider it, but it kind of just gives them their default responses to not consider anything from outside their small like group or organization. And that's a, that's a problem. And I think we see that. I think the way we, uh, I think I mean, we see that functioning today uh, a, a lot. <laughs> I, I mean, yeah, I mean, just going back to like, um, cause like, yeah, you said science can be wrong. And I think that actually, um, I remember being told that you can always disprove something, but you can never prove something. You can never prove anything. Like that's basically yeah. the idea of science. And like, I think that's really for, you know, life in general, like, cause you can, you can basically say something is more than likely wrong, but you can never say something is, is, you know, a hundred percent right. Even, even when you look at like something like, um, you know, just, just about yourself. Like you, you can never say you're exact. Like, like I said earlier, I think I'm a good person, but mm-hmm. in some cases I could be a bad person, you know, in some cases I could be, you know, sent to hell in, in this sort of case, you know? Sure. And it's just like, you're, you're never always right. I guess. Oh, there, like- <laughs> <laughs> I texted my wife. <laughs> Turn the lights on. Please. Uh, did, um, did you by chance watch that show, The Good Place? I've heard of it. Yeah. I don't want to like throw some spoilers out there, but there are. So maybe I shouldn't do this, but it's over. The show's over. If you okay. Watched, so. <laughs> I don't mind spoilers. It's a little. Con- I'm just going to touch on a concept in it because I think it's it, the show is silly. Uh, it's a. It's maybe not for everyone, but it's a lighthearted hit at like some pretty heavy philosophical concepts. I think, and. When you're talking about, I think I'm a good person, but maybe in some cases I'm not. They have um, the good places, like it takes place after these people die, and that you know there's a there's a point scale. Are you good or bad? And if you're good, you go to the good place. If you're bad, you go to the bad place. And you know, as it progresses, you realize that like no one's going to get to the good place because like buying a tomato from the grocery store is actually negative points because it came from this country over here that uses like that doesn't pay their workers very well. And like, you can't even do anything anymore in such in today's society without actually like you can't, the computers we're using this on were probably made by horribly underpaid workers. Uh, if not hundred percent, mine was made in China. Yeah. <laughs> and China. so it's like, I mean, what, whatever it is that we own, what, like our entire livelihood is based on getting things at an affordable price that comes at someone else's expense. And you just let that, sit with you and like so at what point what i mean i guess it, it begs the question like what is good at that you know yeah what? i mean it's like biggest example i can think of amazon 
Yeah. Everyone supports Amazon because we buy from Amazon. So like yep. in this case, we're all going to hell, you know? And at that point, mm-hmm. is it even hell anymore? Because like, if we're all going there, it doesn't <laughs> matter, you know? Yeah. But, it's funny, man. Yeah. So like, um, I guess also one of the things is like in, in, in Christianity is there the concept, that's where the concept of uh, purgatory is, right? In, in uh, one of those, some of those branches. Yeah. Catholicism. Okay. As uh, purgatory, I'm. I'm not honestly. I'm not overly familiar with Catholic theology because I never. That's fine. Yeah. Was, but um, purgatory is like my understanding of it is like a purification process. Yeah. Um, you know, instead of like that's where you go and wait until you're, I guess maybe good enough to go to heaven. Or actually, it was probably developed not to. I'm not trying to diss on Catholics, but uh, we've all seen the way that church has done things for money uh and you would be able to pay like penance and get people out of purgatory and there was at one point in its development a way to get it was used as a way to get more money from people to try to like buy people like their loved ones salvation yeah yeah actually um because the reason i know about it is from this game um dante's inferno i think oh yeah yeah yeah, where they have the three stages or whatever, like uh, yeah. paradise. That's largely purgatory. what people say uh, the Christian, like the contemporary Christian understanding of hell is based on. It's like, because if, I mean, you go back throughout history and uh, pre Dante's Inferno, it's, I mean, there was no, there was no real concept of it. It was just like a loose idea, uh, had no real development. Um, and it wasn't until, I mean, it's very Grecian thought, it's Dante's Inferno. And that is the contemporary understanding of hell. Is uh most academics say comes from that from dante's inferno interesting so like yeah i mean i don't know what's gonna happen after we die um i really you know like even because in buddhism there is quote-unquote an afterlife and it's really just another life because like traditionally what we'll do like someone when someone passes away um like every year or like even on their like on their birthdays as well. Every year we'll go to their their graves or wherever, and we'll 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 burn things. Like that's okay. the easiest way to explain it. We'll burn money. We'll burn cars and houses. Fake. It's all fake, guys. It's literally just <laughs> like pieces of paper. It's money. We we burn gold gold nuggets, quote unquote, like little houses, little cars, <laughs> and it just really depends on how um, extreme, I guess you want to be with it like we'll burn like clothes again all fake it's all cardboard or, or paper or whatever and it's just we, hmm. bur- we burn it and we give it to them because that's that's how it gets to them you know it floats up or whatever or like it goes to the i don't know it it, it goes both ways it's right? like a symbolic thing yeah. yeah exactly and so like i guess that's cool but like i don't really understand the idea of it because it's if it's are they going to like a different earth like a different like I, I just, is it rein? Is it that? Is it like the idea of reincarnation? That's Buddhist, right? Uh, in parts, yeah. Okay. In, in some of the sects. So okay. Um, for us, I think it's more of an afterlife kind of idea because, okay. um, you know, for for us, you know, we have shrines, um, yep. and our shrines have our deities on it, right? So like we'll have we'll have the Buddhas and we'll have um, the gods, but we'll also have our our ancestors like my grandparents are on our shrine um okay and so they act as sort of like a a, a demigod in ways 
right? Like kind of like a, a miniature, like a minor deity to us mm-hmm. because they're the ones to protect our house. Whereas okay. the, the gods and the Buddhas and all that stuff, they protect everything else or they like do everything else. So it's like, it's like a higher level of life that they're okay. able to watch, watch over us, you know? Oh, okay. Okay. And um, it's actually really interesting. Cause like, uh, do you believe in ghosts? Uh, I don't, uh, but I want to, so you want to <laughs> convince me. I, I, I love hearing ghost stories cause it throws. So after like transitioning out of like, so growing up, there was no such thing as ghosts. There was angels and there were demons and demons yeah. were the things that would fuck with you. Oh, sorry. I don't know. No, no, you're fine. Okay. You're fine. Um, and angels were like the things that, so, you know, I was very, like, it was, I mean, ghosts are scary, but you can't even have that lighthearted ghosty fun when you're a kid where like you convince someone there's a ghost or like you every you wanted to like i don't know when you're just like out camping whatever ghost stories kids like yeah. ghost stories you want to get you want to scare your friends you want to convince someone that something's haunted um and we didn't really it's like my group it was just like there's no such thing as ghosts because if you're getting haunted it's like a demon and it's yeah like, yeah i don't know so then after like moving out of this i don't i don't believe in I don't believe in angels. I don't believe in demons. I don't yeah. believe in a Satan. So it's like I've shed all feeling or thought of uh, out that outer worldly presence in our world. Uh, and but then I hear like some awesome ghost stories, and I'm like, no <laughs> way. I maybe I'm wrong. Like if anything's going to convince me that it's not going to be religious traditions, that it's going to be really good ghost stories will convert me back into believing (laughs) so there's other things here for me i mean i think the best way to convince someone i guess would be for them to experience themselves yeah right and so um my parents are are believers um i find myself being a believer as well Mm -hmm. because when i was young um i lived with my great aunt so my my grandma's sister and my grandma had passed at this point and um so we're in the house we're just chilling we're relaxing and i hear footsteps upstairs so it's just me and my great aunt i hear footsteps upstairs and i'm like who's home and it's like oh that's just your grandma and i'm like a 10 year old kid and i'm just like my grandma it's like you like yeah you know she's upstairs just hanging out i'm like that doesn't make me feel better and it's like you can hear like the stomps right and so at that point, like, as I get older, I, I sort of chalk that up to, just, oh, it's, it's just an old house, right? Mm-hmm. Like it was built in the 80s. There's probably something, there's probably like a raccoon or, or I, I tried to explain it away. And um, then more of like their generation, I guess, passed away as life happens, you know, like they get older, they get sick. Yeah. Um, and so there's this thing we do in, in our tradition where when someone passes away, the first few days is the most important because obviously that's when you cremate them. That's when you bury them or whatever you want to do. Um, but you also have to have essentially a going away party for them. Right. Okay. So you get all your fan- friends and family together, like all the close loved ones go to their house, the house that they lived in and you, you, you throw a party, you know, you have, you have food, you, you, you know, you drink beer or whatever, wine or whatever, um, and you, st- everyone stays up till basically midnight and right. you have to leave the lights on, you burn the incense and it's essentially like their way to guide them home. Right. And so the first time I ever experienced it, I was told that there's supposed to be weird shit that happens in the house and you're supposed to be happy about it. <laughs> and so I'm like, okay, 
And so the first time it happened, nothing like the first time I went to one of these, these rituals, nothing really happened out of the ordinary, but you know, at, at that point I'm in like close to high school. So I'm, I'm just like, it's, it's whatever, you know, this is, yeah, just, yeah. this is just some stupid thing we do. You know, there's no <laughs> such thing as ghosts. Um, and then one of my uncles passes away recently about five, six years ago. And at this okay. point, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm in my twenties. I, I understand science. I understand there's no, probably no such thing as ghosts, right? And we do this thing again because he had just passed. And towards midnight, most people besides the actual close immediate family have left. And I'm about to go to bed as well. You know, I'm about to, because I live down the street. I'm mm-hmm. about to leave. And the TV turns on. And I'm like, all right. <laughs> and the toilets start flushing. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> okay. And then um, my, my uncle's son comes out and he's like, he's here, he's home. And I'm like, uh, are you fucking with me? He's like, he's oh like no, he's God. here. And then, like, everyone's like freaking out. And I'm like, this is not okay. Like, <laughs> I think we got like electrical issues, like plumbing issues, something's going on. <laughs> and so I start freaking out. And then, you know, I, I'm talking out to like, oh, they're probably fucking with me, right? And then a couple years ago, um, I'm home alone again. And remember, my grandma's supposed to be in the house because she's protecting it or something. And our toilet flushes upstairs. And I'm just like, there's an intruder. And I go up there. Nothing's happening. I go back downstairs. And like, I'm just like, all right, I just got to relax. And the light turns on, like the upstairs light. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, okay, someone's fucking with me. Oh my God. And so I start freaking out and I, I tell my dad about this. And my dad's like, that's literally just your grandma. Like she's that's just so here. <laughs> and so at that point, I'm just like, okay, that's grandma. Like I'm okay with it. <laughs> and so, yeah, I'm a believer in ghosts just because of all these weird coincidences. Yeah. Dude, I guess that's, that's the stuff I hear. And I'm like, I don't know. I, I guess I'm, maybe I'm, I could be wrong. I just, I I haven't had the experience. The closest thing I ever had was like when I was that really like threw me through a loop. Like it spent a week feeling like unsettled about it was like, uh, while we were having my house built, I was living, uh, my wife and I were living in my in-laws basement and we were just, it's like, they had a fully finished basement and it was a decent setup. It was right after my son was born, uh, so he's sleeping down there with us. My daughter was, she was uh, three at the time. So she's sleep, she sleeps all the way upstairs. Um, and we're like, I, I get woken up in the middle of the night and it just sounds like somebody's, I, I don't even know the noise anymore. It's like, I, I kind of like a yell, like a, it's almost like someone's making the, your stereotypical ghost sound. <laughs> like just, I'm like, but it was like two in the morning and no one would come down. Like no one comes in the basement. Uh, my wife's brothers, they lived at the house at the time. And I'm like, I, I like kind of get up and I'm like, what the heck is that? And then after I'm awake and I'm sitting up, like, like just around the corner, it's like, I hear someone like yell and <sighs> like, but in a ghostly way. And I like jump up out of bed. And I'm like, just start freaking fuck out and like wake my wife. I'm like, and she jumps up out of bed. And I was like, did you hear that? She's like, yeah. And like, we're both like, I felt like I couldn't even move. I just felt like a paralyzing fear of like, what is down here? 
And I finally I walked around the corner, nothing like just with my phone light, I climb up the stairs and I'm like, I'm peeking under the doorway, uh, trying to see if it's like, I can see anyone's feet moving. Like I felt like it was, I felt like it was an intruder. That's like, uh, kind of like strangers type where they're really just, I felt like, I was, and then when you're j- like jolted out of your sleep and you're like kind of out of your mind a little bit anyway, you don't have your wits about you and everything feels there's like the next morning you wake up and you're like, oh, of course there's no one there. And you start like kind of rationalizing it a bit, but I have like, I just don't know what it was. I remember there being like a buzz, like an electrical buzzing sound going on out right outside at the same time. Like it just was deeply unsettling at the time. And I mean, I've, of course, like I've played it off at this point of like, I must've been something maybe like in my sleep, I internalized it. I, maybe I wasn't really awake. I, whatever it is, I've come up with every thought, but I still like, really when i think about it it's like i fucking heard something <laughs> yeah <laughs> i know i did i mean that's so. that's the thing it's like it really depends i guess also on your your um upbringing because like you you're talking about like demons and angels and stuff obviously there's a good and bad right yeah um for for myself it was more the ghosts they're just normal normal people yeah, right yeah oh that's cool that's yeah i never even thought about it from that perspective yeah yeah so like um i remember cuz like neutral ghosts yeah yeah at this point it's just like when i'm home alone or like when i'm even home with my parents and like it's like the random noises or random things happening i'm like oh, that's just grandma but like one of the scarier moments was um about a year or year and a half two years ago we were in mardi gras at mardi gras in new orleans oh yeah oh, that sounds like and <laughs> to anyone that doesn't know new orleans is essentially one of the most haunted cities in the u.s right there's a lot of voodoo there's a lot of you know happenings mm-hmm. um and i was just about to go to sleep a buddy of mine was in the bed behind me i'm on the couch and like the door to the bathroom is open and the shower just goes off and just starts <laughs> like it's like as if someone just got in there started showering and like i like spring up and like what the hell who's taking a shower and i look behind me and my buddy's like he was like dead, dead asleep. And he wakes up and he's like, we got to get out of here. I'm like, all right. So we just like bolt oh. out of there. And like the, like the shower just stops running and everyone like runs in there. He's like, what happened? It's like the shower went off. There's a ghost in there. It's like, <laughs> I think you guys are just drunk. And I'm like, no, there's a, there's a ghost. <laughs> but like, those were one of the scarier moments, I guess, because like. It's not yeah. familiar. Yeah. Place, it's not, it's yeah. not someone I know, you know, I guess would be the thing. It's like, I know, <laughs> I know my grandma's in the house, you know? So like she's just chilling. She's just you know going to the toilet or, or like brushing her teeth or whatever, right? So it's like why do they gotta flush the toilet if you can't even see them? You gotta. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> <laughs> That's the interesting thing. The TV makes sense. The TV, you yeah. know, they gotta watch TV. But, I, I um, do. They can still see that. <laughs> yeah, that does. Yeah. You don't why gotta flush your ghost poops. <laughs> I guess um, because you had mentioned like the electrical thing. My first thought was like what's that show ghost hunters oh yeah they're always talking about the electromagnetic magnetic pulse or whatever so i guess like that's like the vibrations of the ghost and i guess they affect the plumbing somehow yeah i don't know i'm trying (laughs) to explain it sometimes (laughs) you just can't make sense of them it's like it's fun yeah but um do you watch those shows like ghost hunter and stuff i don't i mean i I used to catch them like when they were on but i haven't had cable uh i haven't since i was since i went to college and i never really just watched it like so if i was like at my parents and they were on my younger brother used to be into watching them so if mm. i was like at my parents he'd like throw them on and 
I always find like it. I love it. I mean, I love like ghost stories, haunted house store, like whatever. Like I like shows. Like what, what, what was I just the haunting the new haunting series on Netflix is like oh haunting, haunting in a Bly Manor, Bly Manor, or the, yeah. the one before that, Hauntingville House. Like it's I love it. It's like fun. Um, <laughs> the idea of like ghosts. I kind of like it's again like I keep I always hear good ghost stories not always but occasionally enough you hear the ones that are like not just like a spooky noise you hear ones that are just so goddamn convincing that you i'm almost a believer on the spot and then i just go back to just i don't know once the, once the effect of it wears off i'm just like i'm sure there's a reasonable reasonable yeah yeah but i don't know i mean i like it i, I love hearing them i think it the world would be a lot more interesting and fun if they're true. So I don't really hold any beliefs in a closed fist anymore. You can only find like when you are like after 20 something years, realize that everything you thought and believed was probably wrong. You're just like, eh, everything's up for grabs, I guess. <laughs> yeah. At this point, you're just kind of an open book. Yeah. Well, just <laughs> So, I mean, aside from like, cause you don't have to tell me exactly what you do, but do you have a day job aside from like the church? Yeah, I don't even get that's just a volunteer thing, the church thing. I mean, okay. and during COVID, it's barely even existing. Oh, yeah, yeah for just, sure. Yeah. We don't meet or anything like that. We're not one of those groups that just thinks no okay. one thinks God's going to protect them from COVID just because they're Christian. So, yeah. So, yeah, we haven't done that. So, I do. I, I do. It's just a, like a logistics job for a, a Northeastern okay. retail company. Because I was going to ask with, um, a Bible studies, you have the degree, right? Yeah. I, I wonder, especially with homeschooling, how the, your first job interview must have went. It doesn't look good on a job. On even still, it doesn't look good. I left my degree off job applications. Um, okay. Uh, but then people were like, "Did you like?" It says here you have a bachelor's degree, but it doesn't say where you went to school. I'm like, yeah, okay, you really want to know? I, I have a friend who actually didn't get a job around here as a teacher uh, because he went to, he got his degree from Liberty and the interviewer is like, no, we don't want people from that school here. Interesting. Yeah, and he was like, he's like me, where it's just like, it, it, when it has no effect on, like he doesn't think that way anymore uh, either. So uh, it, my first job, the only reason I got it is it worked out, couldn't have been more providential i guess i i worked while i was at liberty i worked in their fulfillment office doing like their mailroom stuff Uh, okay um so when i moved back to massachusetts i i found a job in boston as a fulfillment manager um for a really small retail company and it was just like they had just lost the person who was doing the job i found it i got a call back that same day they're like you did fulfillment for four years i'm like yeah i was like this is perfect he didn't even care about where i went to school he didn't know much about it as long um, as you knew what you were doing and he was he was jewish so the bible degree didn't throw him off because it's just like <laughs> it's just a religion thing like, He's it, like all right it, it wasn't weird to him to see that yeah uh, or off-putting to see someone religious um so that worked and then i did that for six years before moving on to what i'm doing now so by that time i got my job now it's like now it's just my work experience that matters. I'm too old and have worked for a decade. No one gives a shit about where I went to college anymore. Hopefully. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully. I mean, I would, I would think so. It's been too long and you've, you've essentially become a different person and it's not yeah. like you were ever a part of, you know, 
Yeah, I don't stuff. have any church. Like, it's not like I worked in a church for six years and then decided to move into retail. Like, I just, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's literally just been, I graduated college. It'd be like, you know, my friend who's doing the uh, my podcast with me, he got a communications degree. It's like, it's so useless. Um, yeah, I mean, I have a psychology degree. So, <laughs> psychology, like, I, yeah, that's like, if I could go back to school, though, it would be like, I, 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 I think about going back a lot, but I got two kids, uh, a mortgage, foster kid, uh, and I don't really like, I just, it's like, I don't have the time. I don't want to go back into debt right now. Uh, I don't really have the money to pay for any of a front. So it's like, I, I'm not, but my, my dream would be to go back and for, uh, for psychology. Um, I, I think I've, it's like, I feel connected to wanting to help people process, um, difficult religious upbringings because i like that stuff i mean even my friends that have moved on from it completely it's still a huge topic of conversation for us regardless of whether or not you believe in it at all because it just like digs it's i don't know it sinks in like and you can't you'll you never really get rid of it there's a, maybe there's always a guilt there or shame that comes with with just being a normal person or whatever like it's it's there's a lot of people in counseling because they grew up in uh, overbearing religious settings. Uh, yeah. So. I mean, psychology is, was great. You know, like that's one of the things um, I tell people to, to think about is yeah. um, at least to minor in it because you learn a lot, not just about, you know, obviously psychology, but also about, you know, your own thoughts. Like, yeah, it was around that time when, you know, I really started getting into it where I really started realizing, you know, like my own path. And, and it took me how long? Four years after I graduated for me to actually really get myself in a good, comfortable mental state, you yeah. know? And like, if I could go back, I would actually probably double major. You know, I would want a second degree. Because um, it was really tough finding a, a job with just a bachelor's in psychology. Because yeah. like most people, when they see it, it's just like, so what can you do? Like, what do you yeah. know? I'm like, um, I know you. And like, that's that's yeah. about it, you know? <laughs> so like, yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't say it's useless because it was very, very useful. And it still is very useful. But like, in terms of finding a job outright, unless you yeah. already have experience or knowledge or whatever or connections, it is difficult, you know? Yeah. Um, I mean, it did, it also didn't help that I had jobs before that really didn't relate to it. Like I was a cook, I was a line cook, personal trainer and a real estate agent all at the same time. Like that just doesn't <laughs> look good. You know, like what, what exactly are you doing? You uh, know? Yeah. So and everything. exactly. Um, <laughs> so is there anything else that you, um, you do in your spare time? Uh, I mean, I only just recently, I haven't had like, I haven't had a lot of spare time until more recently. My kids are pretty good at going to bed on their own. Um, and my kids are, um, my daughter, I have a daughter who's five and a son who's three. And then Okay. So they're super have, young. Yeah. But then we have, um, for about a year, rolling up on a year, we've had a, um, he's 17 now. We have a foster son. Um, and so now like, I don't know, he does, he does sports so like driving i kind of drive him around a lot on the weekends for sports tournaments not that there was a lot going on now but you know they've kind of re they started doing tournaments again which is probably a weird thing to do and not a good idea yeah they're 
then they kind of canceled them and then they were like just the kids just the players go in and everyone else so it's kind of like weird but they're always far away so like i spend my weekends kind of driving a couple hours away dropping them off and waiting for his games to be over <laughs> what um, sports does he play he plays basketball uh, okay. and he'll play football and he's a pretty good athlete but I um I just started playing video games again. It feels so good. I used to do PC <laughs> gaming, uh, and then after my daughter was born, I, I kind of just let my PC go to waste. Like I never upgraded. Oh man, anymore. you converted. Yeah, you converted then, from the master race. And yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, I only just recently started playing some games again, and it's like oh, I forgot how fun this is to just sit on the couch at night and play some video games. Yeah, I mean m- myself, I um. I've never been a console guy, so no. I, I can't really, re- I mean, I have a switch, but that's not really a console. It you doesn't know? count. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, what, what games do you play? Uh, I just been, I've been playing, I started Far Cry 5. Okay. Uh, I just, because I knew six looks really cool. I was like, I'll play five. It was cheap. So um, I. It's a religious one, a, right? Yeah. With yeah, the cult, so, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I forget what it's. I forget what the actual title of it is, but it's um, I put, sunk a little over a hundred hours into Assassin's Creed Odyssey. I uh, just started playing Sekiro, and that game is for a noob like me who's just starting to play games again. It's so punishing; it's almost not even fun. Yeah, uh, almost like a what's that game? Um, Dark Souls. Yeah, I think it is a Dark Souls game. Um, yeah, it's got the same concept of like yeah. uh, the motions, but. But yeah, I played that, a. Go ahead. Uh, I, I start like what kind of got me decided to get back into playing games was like uh, I sunk so much time into Borderlands One, Two in the pre sequel <laughs> that when Borderlands Three came out, I was like, I need to play this game. So that's what I was like. I'm just I'm gonna go for it. I'm gonna start playing video games again, and I that sucked me back in. It's like, <laughs> and now I'm now this is the thing I do again. So it was nice. <laughs> no, that's good as long as you got some some uh, you know a hobby something that yeah. that you like doing like i think that's probably the most important thing uh for adults really it's just to have something that they they like to do um and yeah. something they can unwind with i go disc golfing in the one in the summer oh, really? too when the weather's good it's just i'm really really bad at it i've been doing it for like seven years i've probably never gotten any better <laughs> and i it's just an excuse for like me i never play by myself i don't i'm not athletic yeah. about it i just go out with friends and we grab beers and we play disc golf i mean that's how it should be you know I, it's yeah <laughs> I, I played a little bit um and by played a little bit i mean i took my brother's discs and i just went out and played with them <laughs> yeah. so you know yeah i get that you know I, I was terrible at it like i I played sports uh in high school and then throughout you know recreationally yeah um you know, I love sports, you know, I love, cause especially like even, even sports I'm terrible at, like I played tennis, oh, yeah. played tennis. I tried out for the <laughs> tennis team. Um, but like, you know, it's just something to, to do with friends and something to, to get your mind going or get yeah. your mind off, you know? And so I like that. Uh, are yeah, you it's... one question though? Are you, P, uh, PS or Xbox? Which, which Ooh, we'll see how you feel about this. I, uh, I jumped on the stadia train. Really? yeah interesting yeah i know uh that's because i wasn't gonna what i didn't want to do is like i'm like what's gonna happen is i'm gonna spend money on a console and then i'm gonna realize that i don't have any time to do it and it's gonna be an absolute waste so yeah. when stady came out i was like i'll get the three month free uh remember and then I'll, like 
it's always free. You don't actually have to, I'm not paying for it now, but um, if you get free games, if you, well, they're not free games, but you get games if you have the pro subscription. So I was like, but I'll do the three months and uh, mess around with destiny two and see how it plays. If it runs smooth and there's no issues, then I'll buy borderlands three. And yeah. it was like, it ran perfect. I had no issues play on the, my laptop with a mouse and keyboard. And uh, so then I bought borderlands. And now I've just been buying up games on that ever since I play, I got their controller. I played through the Chromecast on my TV. Interesting. Yeah. No, I dig it. I dig it. I don't, I don't really, I mean, at least you're outside of the war, you know, Yeah. <laughs> but um, <laughs> I had an Xbox way back in the day. It's just, it, as I got older, I realized it's much better to be more um, minimalist about it, I guess. You know, because like yeah. that's why I'm more a part of that sort of a PC master race kind of thing. Yeah. You know, because um, you know, it's it's more much more functional because like I, I designing a new one where I can actually make it like a portable like s- small form factor, so it's basically the size of a console, but oh, it's really? also still a PC, so I can take it anywhere. You know, oh, that's, that's not cool. much of an issue. Yeah, yeah, and um, I could do a lot more on it as well. You know, I know compared to like consoles and all those other stuff. So that's my yeah. uh, rig, I guess. I I haven't owned a console since um, 360. So yeah, same actually. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 360 Elite. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but so. one investment I would say is always get the Switch, you know, because that... I know, I want, I dude, especially once uh, the COVID peaked and everything started shutting down. I went on, I went like everyone else to get it. I was like, maybe I'll get a switch. And they were like sold out everywhere. Cause everyone needed shit to do with their kids. Yeah. <laughs> but I looked, I, it's like, I had a Wii. Um, I never did the Wii U. I know it's just like, I guess that was the last console I owned. I lied. It was a Wii, uh, not an Xbox 360, but I it's just, I always bought them for Super Smash Bros. And I was like, <laughs> they're just in college. That was like the shit in college, man. Everyone just hanging, like go over the houses with the, the Wii's and everyone playing Super Smash Bros. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Dude, uh, my, my game is Mario Kart, actually. Oh, Mario yeah. Mario Kart uh, 8. I'm actually... Uh, that looks fun. Yeah, I'm not... I wouldn't say I'm like amazing at it, but like when I play with my cousins and stuff, or when I did, they they stopped playing with me. Like... <laughs> I used to do this thing where I would like, uh, cause you know, I, I'd be beating them by like a, a lap out of three and like, I would just wait for them at the finish line. And as soon as I saw him come in, I would go be classic like, move. I yeah. love it. Yeah. Like, dude, you almost had me. It's like, fuck you. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. But, I mean, the, I miss Nintendo game because Nintendo is like their first party content is just the, the level of fun. Like yeah. for their stuff. And it's like, ugh, I, I really, should have got one but i just again without like that's what's cool like when my kids getting older i'm like i probably wouldn't have had time to play it much but you know with them getting older they're coming up on the ages where it's just like i think it's time for you guys to i'm trying to get them to like video games like that's not they haven't because they don't really see me playing them they're not really drifting towards it yeah um but i mean they see me play a little bit now i'm like i should just get some like kid like games that are easy for kids and see if they can like get them into it. Cause if they ever really, I mean, if they decide, if they get into it, I'm like, I'll have all the excuse I need to get a switch or any, whatever yeah. Nintendo puts out from now on. It's just going to be like, 
It's, it's like that's going to be the Christmas gift of the year. Every time. Yeah, I, I think <laughs> Nintendo is definitely like the the best starting point, you know, because it's oh, just yeah. much more family friendly. It's much more um, user friendly too. You know, like the games yeah. are very simple, usually very simple. Um, but like, yeah, I mean, it, it, I think we got ours probably like two years ago. Okay. Yeah. Because you know we just need, and also the thing is like. My girlfriend, she, I wouldn't consider her a gamer at all. Like she, she just wanted a switch, and I'm like, awesome. I, I would yeah. love to have a switch, you know, because we had the Wii, and so like, it, it really is a great way to get a bunch of different people with different interests involved yeah. because of the oh, party yeah. aspect of it as well, you know. Because um, yeah, I, I wouldn't consider myself a gamer, but I am pretty. I'm a fan of it, you know. Yeah. Like I, I, I like to spend some time on it but like she's definitely not so like it's actually a way for us to connect a little bit you know and so that's yeah, that's, that's cool. a great thing yeah i want to use it like i like i love the idea i remember being a kid because i had like an n64 when i was a little kid and playing Star Fox. i remember when my like i remember the times playing mario kart or Star Fox with my dad like he would actually try to play with us and i'm like i loved it it was like so fun for us like as kids like dad actually playing video games with us i mean his generation like obviously like our generation is like the video game generation like our, a lot of our parents weren't playing video games by the time they were parents but this like millennials especially and younger all like their kids are just that's like the kid their kids are all going to grow up watching them play video games for the most part and uh i love the idea of playing games with my kids like when they're it just seems like fun to like get home from work or whatever and play video games with your kids. Maybe yeah. it's because I just think that's fun, but I, I just remember how fun it was. Maybe it's not, it wouldn't be the same for my, for my kids either. I just remember how like fun it was like the times that we actually convinced our dad to play with us. And it was like, we fucking loved it. Yeah. I mean, like I had a Nintendo 64, I had the GameCube, um, yeah. but my dad never really, my parents never really got into it. Um, mm -hmm. But I remember like just in the terms of connection, um, when I started wrestling, he actually kind of like spent a lot of time out of his day to like learn about wrestling just oh, really? so he could practice with me after, after practice, which, um, at the time I hated it because yeah. like, I'm literally, <laughs> I go to school, I go to practice, which is like two hours and I go home and I got to do more practice with my dad for like another hour and a half. <laughs> and it's like, looking back at it, I, I couldn't have appreciated more because we got to spend a lot of time together that we normally yeah. wouldn't have been able to. Um, and like, even when I transitioned from wrestling to doing other like MMA and other, other aspects of, mm. of martial arts, um, he was there and he would always be sort of like, I guess a cheerleader in a way, Yeah, you oh, know? Cool. So it was, it was a lot of fun. Um, he can't really do it now, you know, because he's gotten older and obviously I've moved away, but yeah you know it's it's I, I honestly i don't know if i'll ever have kids um but that's like a discussion for another time but um <laughs> if i ever did i think that's probably one of the first things i would want to try and interact them with is you know a getting them obviously whatever iteration of nintendo they have next yep and you know martial arts because that's like one of my biggest passions in life so like yeah. I would want them to at least know like, Hey, this is what your dad does that maybe you'll like if you don't, yeah. you know, it's, it's a great way for us to, to come together, you know? Yeah. It's fun, man. When you have kids like 
seeing the things that they're interested in and trying to like and getting able being able to be interested in them too uh i mean my kids aren't they don't have a lot of interests yet but well, just a little like too a little, even like the little dumb things that they like their little phases you just like indulge <laughs> those like oh, my son's in his dinosaur phase and you know my daughter she did she wanted to dance for a bit but she was too painfully shy to be able to do anything so she would just like have these like well, it was like almost like an anxiety attack when you go she would just like melt down so we're like all right you're not you don't have to do this anymore we're not gonna force it. <laughs> you yeah. like do that first like parental push where you're like you signed up for this you gotta do it you gotta commit like, this, yeah. this kid's dying on the inside we're pulling her out of this. yeah you never uh, thought of dancing with her no no Why not? <laughs> As I, just, I don't think so <laughs> I, I don't have a it depends uh i mean hers is just like your typical kid ballet dance it's not like there's any yeah. real option for dads to join it i think that would raise some red flags for a lot of parents <laughs> yeah, yeah. a 32 year old being like can i join this little kid little girl dance yeah. class is that fun? <laughs> i think people have a problem with that but, <laughs> but i mean yeah you know it's um it's good to to get involved with your kids and have your kids get involved with, with your life. Um, but speaking from my own experience, I guess, and also from what I've seen, like there's a limit to, you know, like yeah. the parental push, like you're saying, there's a little bit, there's a better way to do it, I guess is the, is the way to say it. You know, yeah. like if they're not feeling it, if they're not vibing with it, just pull them out. Uh, but man, sometimes like the people that like, Cause I mean, I didn't grow up around like fanatics about, you know, sports and all that stuff, but yeah. there's definitely like my, a, my in-laws were like oh, yeah. the biggest sports family. Yeah. Like the, the culture of like, Oh, you have to, you have to, you know, play football because we all play football. Like you have to c- continually get better at it. And it's just like, clearly this kid's not into it, you know? Yeah. My, um, my, all my uh, brothers-in-law, they played football and basketball, but they just, I mean, that there's no forcing them to do it. Like, like they eat, slept and breathed sports. Uh, <laughs> and, but my wife hated them. She, but they were like too bad. Like you, they, they've made her pick a, like one sport to do a year just to do something. So she picked track and hated that too. But I'm like, <laughs> they're like, just, just, just keep trying. You'll probably like, it. and she's like, I hate this so much. But, <laughs> I mean, it was fine. Like she, it's not like it was like a problem forcing her to do a sport, but it was like everyone else did. They're like, you're picking one and you're doing it all four years because you're not just going to come home every day after school and have nothing. To do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Check it. All right, man. It's been about an hour and a half. Yeah. More than an hour and a half. How are you feeling? Good, man. Good. Yeah. How are your, your kids are still running around upstairs, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. I All right. actually just heard one of them start crying. So Oh, okay. I'll I'll, I'll let you go. You got any uh sign offs or, or like shout outs or anything you wanna not not really. I mean at the top we just you mentioned like I'm we're getting ready to, to launch a podcast called Grown Up Christian. Um uh, my friend and I uh my a friend who went to Liberty University with me. Um he also went to Christian high school. He him and I kind of reconnected a couple of years ago and we've just been kind of dogging on our upbringing a lot and talk about it so much that we're like we should just 
start we we just decided we were going to start a podcast with it so we haven't launched it yet um hopefully we'll be doing that soon we've got a few recordings down it's not it's emphatically not a christian podcast i think christians who find it uh thinking they found a Christian podcast are going to be very offended and disappointed. Um, not so much because we're trying to make a joke out of them or be mean or hurtful, but um, you know, we're just, I don't know, offensive sometimes uh, to yeah. the sacrilegious. We make sacrilegious jokes and those don't sit well with people who are still committing some blasphemy. Yeah. Yeah. There's some blasphemy <laughs> uh, just from time to time. But uh, the dynamic is I, you know, I still operate on within the, the tradition to some degree as i've talked about um i've made i've found a way to convert it to be meaningful for me uh my friend isn't part of it anymore he doesn't he left it um so we ended up in different places but the commonality upbringing gives us a lot to talk about so we want to i mean talk a lot about the culture different things we're gonna we want to talk to friends from college who had similar upbringings who ended up in different places and kind of get their take on it um so i mean that's that's kind of the sum of it yeah just, when when can we expect it uh good question i mean hopefully in the next few hopefully in the next couple of weeks we'll get um episode one up we're uh, okay. kind of finishing up the the background work on the, we just kind of got the hosting site did all that kind of what stuff. hosting site are you using uh, that's a good question. My friend did all of that because he's <laughs> way, already had one with um, oh yeah yeah that's what you said with his other podcast. It's possibly what's a big one? It's like a Podbean. Oh yeah, possibly. I use Podbean. Yeah. Okay, I think it's that's what I think it is. Um, okay, it's pretty good. I like the user interface of that one. Yeah. Um So yeah, I guess we can expect it everywhere. Pretty much Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Yep. Um, I will everywhere. say I tried looking it up, and growing up podcast, a uh, growing up Christian podcast is already a podcast. I did see that, and but it's got like it four episodes, had, and it hadn't had one in a a little bit of time. It actually had one yesterday. What? Yeah. Oh come on! I thought they were done. Well, we'll see. Well, maybe they... you could maybe you could partner up with them or something. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Be uh, more consistent I have a feeling It sounds like it sounds to me like theirs is a legitimate. Oh, there, they are. Yeah, they're like, a, this is a Christian podcast. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, I'm not. I don't know. Like we'll have to blow them out of the water so that way we can claim the name. I don't know. Uh, that might cause us to have to figure something out, but I hope not. Yeah. Well. Um, yeah. I mean, I hope it's. I hope it's going to go good for you, man. Yeah. Thanks. Um, but, I yeah. appreciate you just talking to me. I love talking about this stuff. I think it's fun. So, I mean, which is why I decided to start a podcast where we keep talking about it. For sure. I'll be looking forward to it, man. Yeah, Everybody thanks. that, uh, that was Sam from, uh, the soon to be growing up Christian podcast, the better one, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the more consistent one. But, um, either way, guys, if you like that episode or this episode, um, you know, do the usual review it, give it the big thumbs up. If you didn't like it, tell me a reason why. Um, but you know, <laughs> Either way, guys, thank you so much for listening. Have an amazing day. Get out there, get hungry, and good luck. <laughs>